0: Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're going to start another little series that's kind of connected to the past series, which you've probably already forgot, but anyway, we're going to go there anyway. And so we're going to start looking at everyday choices. What are the choices that you have to make every day of your life? In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 God says to the children of Israel, now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. Today, God gives you a choice, a choice. Every day you have a choice. So we're gonna look at some of those things and the one we're gonna look at this morning is you get to choose, tomorrow morning when you wake up, you get to choose whether you're gonna live by faith or by fear. Your call. Throughout your day, you get to choose how you want to live. The next day when you wake up, you get to choose how you're going to live. Are you going to live by faith? Or are you going to live by fear? And so we're going to look at this process that you and I have to deal with every day of our life, because I think we'd all agree we live in a time of fear. So let's look at the deadly fears. Let's look at the fears that will really destroy us if we're not careful. The fears that we tend to sometimes gravitate towards in our daily life. What are the fears that hurt us, work against us, don't help us? Number one, we worry about problems. (laughs) Worry is fear. You create a scenario. You begin to think about what happens if this happens. What's this gonna happen? How's this gonna work out? How's this gonna play out? And have you ever noticed for those worriers in the crowd that things never go out well? Whenever you're worrying, there's always a bad ending, right? Come on, be honest here. And we've all worried at one time or another. Something's going to happen. Something's on the horizon. A circumstance is going on. What happens if the boss comes in and does this? What happens if my child does this? What happens if the spouse does this? What happens if I do this? What happens if I go here and this happens? What happens if I don't get, can't pay for this? What happens? And we begin to, in our minds, go, we lose sleep over it. We lose peace over it. And things are out of control. And every result we create is horrible. And you can choose every day to worry. Worry is a choice, you know, right? And so that's a choice you get to make every day of your life. You can worry all day if you want to. And we have a great phrase for it, worry warts. I really don't know where the warts comes into that. I don't, I've never got that one in. I should look that one up. But anyway, we worry about problems. When you worry, you are creating fear in your life, and you get to choose whether or not you want to do that every day. Secondly, we are wrongly pessimistic. Now, some of you in this room are pessimist. Sometimes you know who you are, but if you don't know who you are, other people know who you are. So all that happens to me is bad. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck. God doesn't like me. God is mad at me. God is punishing me. I deserve this. I'll never get through this. Nothing ever goes my way. Oh, poor, poor me. No matter what I do, it'll be wrong. And so you face the day and you begin to think in a manner that you just tell yourself throughout the day, you know what, this probably isn't going to be a good day. You know, it's just not going to happen that way. And you're kind of like Eeyore. I'm glad we got some Winnie the Pooh fans in the audience. And nothing's right. Nothing ever goes right. And no matter what you do, it's going to go this way and this way. And when you look at things, oh, this is just end up bad. Oh, it's horrible. I'm horrible. This is no good. You know, I know God loves me, but he doesn't love me like he loves you. And I know God can take care of this, but he probably won't. And And I know what I'm going to have to go through. And so you become pessimistic. Now, every day of your life, you can make a choice to do that or not, can't you? So we have this idea of worry, this idea of pessimism, but there's a third one. We have worldly paranoia. It's interesting that as school is starting, the object in the discussion is not about education. The discussion is about safety. That's what we're most concerned about. The discussion is, you know... Well, my kids can't get an immunization because there's probably something that'll go wrong with that. And we live in a world built on fear. And so you have a shooting, tragic, but you begin to be afraid. And when you live in that kind of fear, life gets very difficult. And then we all know the environment's going to go, you know, it's going to destroy everything. I read an article this week, USA Today. "Do you understand what one of the greatest threats to the environment is?" According to this article? Meat. Oh I'll never be able to look a cow in the face again. Don't mess with my meat. But you can look it up. Honest truth. Right? So what are we told? You shouldn't be eating any meat. Why? Well, because you're working to save the environment. Because after all, the environment's going to go away. And when that does, you know, everything's going to be catastrophic. You know, there's going to be floods and all the weather patterns are going to change up. And you'll probably burn up because it'll be getting so much hotter. And you probably won't be able to have life as you know it. And so everywhere you turn, when you watch the news and you read the paper, you know, if it weren't for bad news, there would be no news. And so you and I are fed a steady diet of negativity. You know, it's promoted through everything. Social media, you get on there and there's always somebody's talking bad about something. And so every day you can live with that fear, oh man, I got to be careful today, this might happen, this might happen, what happens if this happens? And so we fear for our safety, and that's a deadly fear. We think we're doing it to make people more prepared and helping them be in safe. But in reality, what we're doing is we're destroying our very fiber. We think we have weak prayers. It's a fear that, well, you know what? I can't pray enough for God to hear my prayer. I need you to pray for me if I can just have enough faith to get what I want. My prayers are not always answered the way I want them to be, and uh, sometimes I don't like the answer, and so I don't think I can pray well enough or good enough, because after all, if I was praying better, I'd be getting what I want. And in my prayers were just doing this, and I pray, but nothing happens, so what's the use? And we think our prayers aren't being effective. We begin to question prayer altogether. We begin to think somebody else could pray better if I could just get so-and-so to pray for me. And so we live in this element. And every one of these fears are deadly to you. And every day you get to make a choice. Will I get up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm going to pray some today because I believe there's power in prayer. Or I'm going to get up and say, you know what? I don't know that I need to pray. It doesn't seem to make a difference anyway your call, your choice. You can get up every day and be afraid of what's gonna happen. and Can't go into Walmart, can't go here, can't do this. What if I do this? And how, how, how's that gonna play out? And I just know I'm going through this hard thing and you know nothing just ever goes my way. And so every day of your life, you will make a choice one way or the other. Are you gonna be afraid or are you gonna live by faith? Are you going to have fear in your life or are you going to have faith in your life? Now, as I say that, let me just make sure we understand one thing. There is a demanded fear. There is a fear that you should have that we lose and we've lost and we've allowed these other fears to become greater than this fear. But there is one fear that you and I should have in our life. Proverbs 9.10, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the holy one results in good judgment. So when I have the fear of God, not the fear of man, not the fear of this world, I'm more wiser because I'm more afraid of what God would do, I'm more afraid of God and who he is than I am about all the other stuff that could happen. 2 Corinthians 7.1, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit, and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. Now, I've come across people, Christians, who think, oh, I shouldn't be afraid of anything because if I love, I you know, love has no fear. Well, that's, you're misquoting that verse out of context, by the way. So there's two areas. What do, what do I mean when I say the fear of God? Well, Pastor, I don't understand that. Well, it's two things. Number one, I'm a, have a fear of disappointing God. Most of you, I cannot please. I can't please most people. I can't even please myself sometimes. But the one person I want to please is God. I want to please Him more than I want to please anybody else. And I can't live to please everybody else, but I can live to please God. And I want to please Him. And I hope your life as a Christian is driven by the understanding, I live to please God. And if I'll please God, I'll be okay with most of the other people that I need to be okay with. And so there is that fear of, God, I don't want to let you down. God, I want to do always what's right. God, I want to live before you. It's not a paranoia. It's just that holy respect and fear of, God, I love you, and I want to please you. And I don't want to disappoint you. I want to do everything you say. I want to obey you. I want to live in a way that's that. And I don't want anything to come between me and you. That fear of disappointing God. I don't want to disappoint Him. That's healthy, isn't it? Secondly, the fear of godly discipline. The Bible tells us that because God loves us, He disciplines us. Now, the Bible is very honest and it says, no discipline is pleasant at the moment. It's not fun to be disciplined. So therefore, I don't want to be disciplined. So when I do things that don't please God, God loves me so much that He disciplines me to bring me back to where I need to be. Punishment is just, God says, I'm going to make you pay. Discipline says, God says, I want you back. World of difference between the two, isn't there? And so, I want to come to that place where I want to please God and do it in such a way that I don't disappoint Him, and I don't want to be disciplined by God. Because God cares about me, and He loves me too much to let me just do whatever I want to do. And so, those are healthy fears. And the fear of God will increase your faith. And so, you and I have to understand, we have to deal with this element of fear. Fear is real. Everybody has to deal with it and make a choice with it daily. And the longer we go in the society that we live in, it's going to become more and more prevalent and harder and harder to do so. So let's talk about the finding faith. How do we define faith? How do we look at faith? What do we mean when we say faith? If I got to choose between faith or fear, what does faith involve? What does that look like? Well, first of all, faith is not a force that I can use to move God. Well, if I'll just have enough faith, it will make God do this. You can have all the faith you want in the world, but it's not a force that you can make Him do something. You can't drive Him. And so, faith is not a force to, to move God. It's also not a formula that can be used to get what I want. Well, if I'll do this and have this and have this, then I'll get this. And sometimes we think, well, if I'll just have enough faith and I can get this, God will have to do it, and this is how it works, and this is how it's done, and we sometimes want to create that formula, just tell me what to do, tell me how to pray, tell me how this works this way, and I'll be okay with it. So it is not any of those things. But faith is relying on what I can't perceive. (laughs) I think it's in your notes, a definition of fear. Is that that in there? Notice the definition of fear. Believing that something will happen that you don't see. What's the definition of faith? Believing that something will happen that you don't see. You get to choose. We are in a meeting talking about this. Pastor Tim gave me this thing. He said, fear is expecting the devil to move. Faith is expecting God to move. To come to that place where we understand, I don't know what the future holds. And I can live by fear of what it holds or by faith of what it holds. My choice every day. Fear says the future doesn't look good. Faith says the future is going to be okay. My call. Hebrews 11.1, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Verse 3, same chapter. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. And so you and I have a choice to make. There's a lot of things we do not control. There's a lot of things we can't see about the future. There's a lot of predictions. You know, people want to say, the worst is going to do this, this is going to happen, but they don't know. So we choose which way we're going to look at the future. Am I going to look at the future on faith or am I going to look at the future with fear? My choice every day. And every day you wake up, you get to make that call, don't you? Well, I don't know what's going to happen here. You're right, I don't. God does. Well, I put my faith in Him and trust Him to take care of me in the midst of it all. God is still in control. When you have fear, you think God's not in control. Or if He is, you don't trust Him. Now, I call this the optimist factor. When we talk about the future, we can talk about it in a positive light because God is at work. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. That was a moment right there. Yes, hooray, yeah, got it, you know, whatever. It's just real, I can't see it, but you know what? I believe God's in the midst of this, and I believe God's in control of stuff. And I don't need a Pollyanna thinking, "Oh no, it's going to be horrible," and no, "Oh no, this is going to happen," and "All oh, the sky is falling, the sky." Is falling. No, no, God's still in control, and everything that's going to happen, God is going to direct it. And we shouldn't be surprised. God says in the last days it will be perilous times, but God is still in control. And I can look positively at the future. Now you're really got to, to make that choice every day because we're about a year away, a little over a year away from an election, and everything will be negative. Mm. We'll leave that. <laughs> Secondly, faith relying on what I can't perceive, faith is responding to God's promises. Well, okay, pastor, I'll believe that. Well, you don't believe that until you act on it. You have to make a choice and a decision to do what is right, no matter what you see. That sometimes doing the right thing is a hard thing, and you have to be in on it. So faith says, "If God says it, I will do it." Hebrews eleven seven. It was by faith that Noah built an ark to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about something that had never happened before. <laughs> Noah didn't build an ark and then have faith to believe that God would send the rain. Do you hear that? God said, Noah, it's going to rain. Build an ark. Yes, sir. Noah had never experienced rain. Noah didn't know what rain was. Noah didn't know why he needed a boat. Noah didn't understand what God was about to do. For the next several years... Noah faithfully obeyed God by faith. He didn't understand it. He didn't know about it, but he did it anyway. And you know what? There's a lot of things that God will ask you to do that you know you should do, and yet it doesn't make sense to you in the natural. But if God says do it, you do it. God says tithe. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, by faith you obey, don't you? you do it because God asks you to. You do not faith God into action. Noah responded to God's Word. And if God's Word says, don't do this, we don't do it. And if God says, do this, we do it. And so, we come to that place where we're willing to say, God, you know what? No matter what, I will obey you even though I don't understand why Because I believe you are right, and I believe you know what's best, and you know better than me, and therefore I will respond to what you say no matter what I feel or what I think. Hebrews 11, verse 11. It was by faith that Sarah, together with Abraham, was able to have a child, even though they were too old, and Sarah was barren. Abraham believed that God would keep his promise. God gives his word, and then we have faith to believe it. Faith doesn't let me be in charge. Faith says, God, your word says, your spirit says, God, I will obey that even though I don't like it, I don't understand it, It doesn't make sense to me, but God, your ways are always right. That's hard for us, isn't it? Sometimes people get their faith destroyed because they believe in something that God hasn't promised. They believe in something that God hasn't said. Well, I want this, so I'm going to have enough faith to believe that I can get it. Well, you're on your own. Unless God has directed you, you're on your own. And so faith says, you know what? Today, God, I'm going to choose to live by faith. And therefore, whatever circumstance I come up against, whether it's on the job, whether it's with other people, I will always act in a manner that is consistent with your word and your promises. Lord, no matter what happens, I will keep my mind fixed on you because that's what your word tells me to do. I will obey you. That's hard to do, isn't it? You have to do that by faith. Believing that if I do that, God will take care of me and God will work everything out. James 2.17. You see, it isn't enough just to have faith. Faith that doesn't show itself by the good deeds is no faith at all. It is dead, and it's useless. Now, someone who says, well, they may argue, well, some people have faith and others have good deeds. I say, I can't see your faith if you don't have enough good deeds, and I will show you my faith through my good deeds. I will show you my faith through my actions. By the way I act, you will know what I believe. Do you still think it's enough just to believe that there's one God? Well, you know what? Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. You fool. When will you ever learn that faith does not result in good deeds is useless? When will you learn you can have all the faith in the world but if you're not obeying God your faith is worthless? We're going to call this the obedience factor. That if you have faith You will obey. Faith causes you to do what is right, no matter what you think or feel. And you act in spite of that because you're going to obey God no matter what. Got it? Thirdly, faith is realizing there will be proving every person that God has used has had to go through a time of proving. The Bible tells us that Joseph, who was going to be used of God to protect and raise up the nation of Israel, went through a time where his brothers hated him, wanted to kill him, finally sold him, was accused falsely of a crime that he never committed, was put into jail, was forgotten that he was there. No one respected him until finally one day, years later, he is promoted to the place that God had in place for him. And the Bible tells us that all of this happened to test his character. Your character will be tested. Your faith will be tested. It will be proved. You can say you have faith. You can say it to yourself. You can say it to your friends. You can say it to God. But God will find out if you really do, won't he? Your faith will be demonstrated when you do what is right in the midst of difficult times in the midst of unfair times. James chapter 1. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for great joy. For when your faith is tested, proven, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. God's going to build character in you. And your faith will help you get there so that when trouble comes, you don't begin to question God. You don't begin to doubt what you believe. You don't begin to look at the things around you and say, well, maybe they're right. No, you stand firm in conviction and you continue to do what is right no matter what. Knowing that God who is faithful will take care of you and in the long run, you will end up far better than you would anyway else. 1 Peter six, be truly glad there's this joy glad stuff there's wonderful joy ahead even though it's necessary for you to endure I wish I could erase this word this word many trials for a while anybody here had many trials these trials are only to test your faith to show that it is strong and pure It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And your faith is more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried by fiery trials... It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed for the whole world. You love Him even though you have never seen Him. And though you don't see Him, you trust Him. And even now you are happy with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Your reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. God I will keep doing this knowing that my faith is going to grow stronger by the trials and the provings that I have to go through. This is called the opposition factor. When you choose to take a stand for God, do not think for a moment that your faith won't be tested. It will. And unfortunately, what happens for many Christians when things get hard, we bail. We question. We complain. We try to fix it on our own. Instead of keeping, obeying God, doing what's right, knowing God, I don't understand this. God, I don't always see this. But God, I know that you've got something great in store for me. And I will keep being faithful. Fourthly, Faith is resting in God's personality. We say it, I think many times people just say it, I don't really think they believe it. God is good all the time, He never changes, He's the same. No matter what I'm going through, God is good. No matter what I'm going through, God is faithful. And I will not change that. Psalm 89. Oh, Lord God Almighty, where is there anyone as mighty as you, Lord? Faithfulness is your very character. 138. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. Your faithful love, O oh Lord, endures forever. God is faithful all the time. God can be trusted to keep His promise when I obey His promises. God can be trusted in life. God is in control. God is faithful. Well, I know, Pastor, but they're saying this, and they say this might happen, and they say this might happen. A lot of people say a lot of things might happen. But you and I don't live by what a lot of people say. There's one person we want to please, and there's one person that we listen to every day. Every day. Psalm 145. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, you rule generation after generation. The Lord is faithful in all he says. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts up those who are bent beneath their loads. All eyes look to you for help. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call Call on him sincerely. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help, and he rescues them. The Lord protects all of those who love him. He destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord, and everyone on earth will bless his name forever and forever. Lord, I will walk into a church service on a Sunday morning, and I may not feel like praising you, but I will praise your name. Because you are good all the time. You are worthy of praise no matter where I'm at. What I'm going through. So it comes to that place where I know the God that I serve. I know who he is. This is called the object factor. Our faith is not in men. It's not in a political system. It's not in a world that we live in. Our faith is in God alone. And to him alone I will give him praise. And for him alone I will live Fear is real. Faith will help you overcome your fears so that you can live in freedom. And every day that you wake up, you get to choose that day how you're going to live. Are you going to live by faith? Or are you going to live by fear? You and I live in a world that will be constantly pushing you towards the fear side. But that's not God. God says, trust me. I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. I'll do what is right. Keep your eyes fixed on me. In fact, the Bible says that you're not going to please God unless you live by faith. It says the righteous will live by their faith. So right here, right now, which are you going to choose for the rest of this day? Tomorrow morning when you wake up, what are you going to choose? Is your day going to be filled with fear? Or is it going to be filled with faith? Tomorrow at noon, which way are you going to live? You're going to live by fear? You're going to live by faith? Next time you hear some horrible news, you're going to live by fear or you're going to live by faith? It's an everyday choice. Choose faith. God can be trusted. God is good all the time. All the time. So would you take a moment between you and God, and would you maybe address some of the things you've been afraid of? Maybe you're here today and you don't know God, and would you take a moment and say, God, I've allowed fear to control my life. I want to put my faith and trust in you, and I want to give my life to you. I want to serve you. I want to quit living for me. I want to follow you. Would you just take a moment, no matter where you're at here this morning, would you address this and talk to God about it and ask him to help you in the midst of it all? Lord, today we thank you that you're present in our life and that we don't have to live this life on our own under our own wisdom and our own strength The Lord we live in a world that constantly pushes you out and the only thing that we can replace it is fear and Lord sometimes in our lives we allow the fear to rule us and ruin us but Lord today here we are would you remind us that every day, throughout the day, we have a choice to make? Will I live by the fear that is being propagated around me and that the enemy wants to bring into my life to discourage me and defeat me? Or will I live by faith, knowing that it will be tested, knowing that I will have to obey and do what's right even though I don't understand? help me every day to choose faith for the righteous will live by their faith we thank you today for the help that you give to us in this life we give you praise for it because you are worthy of praise you are a faithful God thank you in thy name we pray Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.